Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. We have Victoria Cesario, talented filmmaker on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so happy that you're joining the podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> Instagram's a crazy, Instagram's a crazy world, social media. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm scrolling through it. And not once, but I don't know how many times you pop up on my feed and or my explore. And I'm just I'm saying to myself, I don't know this girl. I don't know who she is, but I love when people in their bio say producer, editor, you know, filmmaker. And I'm, I'm noticing all your posts and I'm so happy we connected and we we're able to yeah, have this conversation. Yeah, super exciting. I know it's like I've been popping up everywhere because I've just been posting crazy stuff. So, like, that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. And um you know, that's the beauty of uh, social media, right? It'd be able to connect and network with fellow filmmakers. It's allowed me, you know, to explore that path, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic. And before the podcast, you were telling me how the struggle it is to find work, yes. uh, you know, and just, yeah, really, really find, find yourself after graduation, period. It's, it's such a struggle. Um, and people don't realize that with millennials and Gen Zs. So, um, you know, I'm happy, like I said, we connected. And what really caught my eye about your page is, Again, the, the, the shots and way they were constructed, uh, the way they told the story. And that's what immediately drew me in. It wasn't just thrown out there, like splattered about a whole bunch of stuff. There was a lot of uh, intriguing content, which we'll get into. But before we do that, I want to know, like, what was your earliest experiences with film? Um, so it's actually, okay, it's crazy because I've actually been doing this for so long. Um, back, oh my God, I want to say like grade six, even, right. um, I used to edit these little videos together and I used to use like whatever came with my laptop. I didn't have like an extra, um, film software. Like I use right now I use final cut pro, but before nice. I used like whatever my windows computer movie <laughs> that and like, I think it was like, what, what, oh my God, I don't remember what it's called. It's for windows. It's like one of the windows editing software. And like, I literally would throw together videos and like, I've been doing that ever since I was little. So I was like, been doing it forever. And so I know it and I was like enjoying it, whatever. And then I remember like grade eight graduation. I was like, I want to be a film editor. And then like, I'm doing that now. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't think I have the patience for editing, <laughs> but like, I also really liked producing and like, I produced a couple of things as well. So I've kind of just got like a feel for everything. And like, yeah, like I've just had like the most experience. I used to edit videos for like families. Like I used to, yeah. um, I don't know, like home videos, I guess. Like I had a family once give me like their uh, vacation footage and then I literally burnt it to a CD. Like, I don't know how I knew how to do that, but I did. And so, yeah, I've just started like that. And then like over the, the like those years, I was just like gaining more experience, I guess. And yeah. working with a bunch of people, working for clients, working for production companies. And I was like, you know what? I think like got a feel for everything, but I really do just like film. Like I just really like um, producing and like, I mean, editing is also something I do a lot. Like I enjoy it, but I don't think I would do it as like a career type yeah. of thing. But yeah, I mean, hopefully that uh, answers your question. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's uh, editing. I, I can see. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but editing can become very tedious, especially if you're not yeah. fully uh, immersed in in the in the project. Um, sometimes, you know, like a project I did last summer, uh, it was a short film. It was over twenty minutes, the longest short film I ever done, and I edited the whole thing. And by the end of it, it took me about four months, but by the end of it, I was like so sick of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love the film. I, I, I believe in it. It's just, 
yeah, I didn't want to look at it. And I still haven't looked at it since December. Uh, yeah, that's how long it took me. I've been on a project for so long. It's like, ugh, like, I don't want to see it. And like, even for like, um, which obviously we'll talk about later, but for the documentary, mm-hmm. um, I didn't even edit it. And I know it word for word. So oh, like, yeah, like yeah. we've just been constantly repeating it. And like all the edits that I've done that has dialogue is like, I know it all. <laughs> like, I just don't want yeah, to watch yeah. it ever again. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, and, and like, I, and you know, you need to uh, kind of know a project inside and out uh, in order to make the best, you know, exactly. give, give it the best possible result. Right. But uh, definitely like, you know, at the end of the day, we're human beings and we don't want to be, you know, watching a screen uh, endlessly uh, in loop. <laughs> but that, exactly. that's the, that's kind of like the pain. That's the struggle of, of going through it, but it's a good pain. Uh, yeah, exactly. So are there any like heroes or are there any people in film uh, whether they're famous or whether, you know, personally, uh, locally that inspired you, like gave you that push or just something you looked at them and said, I want to do exactly like that. Not even like, I don't even know, like, I didn't have any inspiration. It was just like one day I started, okay, so I ride horses. And so I used to get my, my grandfather or my mom or whoever to record me riding the horse. And then I would just take that video and then just edit it together and so I mean I would watch YouTube videos but I don't remember like the names of anybody but mm-hmm. like there's nobody specifically that like inspired me to do what I do it's just like I kind of just liked it and I kind of thought like you know what this is kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life like I don't see myself doing anything else I'm very like I'm a very creative person so I mean nice. if I have a way to to show that you know I think that's like that's super important to me I mean I, like there's really nothing else I would rather do than what I'm doing now and I'm like so no, glad sure. that I did that for like the last how many years, like eight years. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, your, your story is inspiring too, because, you know, there's also, there's people like myself, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he's a hero of mine. I always never shut up about him on the podcast, but at the same time, you uh, are kind of are going with that. It's a calling, you know, yeah. like it's a passion and uh, that tells, that speaks to a lot, uh, you know, how you're going to make it in your own field or how you see it, because you're not, you know, basing it off of anyone else's success. You're basing it off of your own, your own experiences with the, with the industry, with the, yeah. uh, the medium. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Are there any other like roles you see yourself doing in the future, like a writer, a director, or are you sticking with editing, producing? Um, honestly, like, okay. I, I do really like producing. I think that is something that I want to do. Um, directing possibly um, only because of the, the documentary. Um, yeah. I did like kind of having my hands on in that sense. Um, nice. Editing, I do it as like on the side. So I don't know like where that'll take me in a sense, but I mean, right. I think for now, like just producing, editing and possibly directing, um, see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Cause this is what I want to get into my next point. You know, I never went to film school. Um, yeah. It was just kind of an inherent passion that I had and, just this burning thing, burning desire, like to, to make it. And what it is, is that when we're starting out, you have to be a jack of all trades, um, right down to the marketing. And I, I learned editing and directing and writing. Um, so for yourself, you went to uh, Humber college film, yep. right? Study film there. Yeah. And, you know, I read that from your last post. And again, it's astonishing because I, I see people that went to film school and I never really had that experience. So I'm always curious, what was that experience like? like like walk us through it did it help you did it transform you did it challenge you yeah definitely challenging um yeah I was there it's only a three-year program um it's in general just a very competitive program Mm. uh so super hard to get into so you know I kind of lucked out but um 
just the entire process it's very like there's almost like no exams I think I wrote maybe six exams total in all three years it's more so just hands-on um and that's kind of why I wanted to go to college rather than like uh university because it's all hands-on that's how I learned best anyway but a lot of the assignments were like like I remember in first year we did this one called um it was like a continuity assignment so we literally had to create a story write the story storyboard it um then go and shoot it so it's like a huge process like all these assignments that we had and we had a lot like I had I think the most assignments that I had going at once were like 10 assignments and they were all like pretty much hands-on like shooting assignments writing like it's a very very demanding program um but it was very it's a very rewarding program in a sense too because like you you work so hard and like not everybody knows how much work goes into a project like even if it's like seven minutes like we have a couple uh projects that were like seven minutes long even three minutes but it's like the most work you have to put into it ever and it's like so rewarding in the end when you see what you've done and then in like second year um we did something called studio dramas where you literally build a studio or sorry, you build like a set in the studio. So like for mine, um, I was an art director for one of them. So it was like, um, it's called Todd one out. We, we have, we didn't even get to finish it cause like the pandemic, but, um, yeah. it was literally about like a high school reunion, but they're all wizards. So we literally <laughs> had to build, it was so weird, but like we had to build yeah. a wizard school in the studio and it actually turned out really well. Like we got really like, that was so many compliments on it too. That's it was great, like, yeah. Yeah, so there's projects like that. And I remember like I went to the school at 6 p.m. and I was there till 3.30 in the morning oh building God, the wow. set and dressing the set. Like when I tell you it's demanding, it's very demanding. I was going to say, when you tell us that it's hands-on, you're physically in there getting physically your hands in hands yeah. and just like always yeah. working, always doing it. And then like when you see the final product, it's like <sighs> you can relax of now. Of course, yeah. Done. But um, yeah, like we just finished... Uh, the screenings for those were like literally the other night because we just finished them now um, because of like the whole pandemic, the school's closed. You can't even like go and record your sound, edit anything. Right. So that's what I was doing. But um, up until now, like I literally, there was, like I said, almost no exams. It was all hands-on assignments. Like um, I don't even know, like definitely just very, very, very busy. Like I were the, uh, like the te- the professors, uh, like your teachers, are they, were they inspiring or were they kind of just there and it was up to you to figure out how to do it? So, so, I mean, they were definitely, um, very helpful in a sense where they were literally helping us, um, gain experience, build our portfolios. Like if we had any questions, obviously they were there to help us. Even now they're still posting and we're done. Like, right. They're still posting here job listings, things like that. Um, in a sense, also like we kind of had to find our own internships in a way. Like, yes, they were there mm-hmm. to help assist, um, but like internship wise, like we had to do everything. Um, but for the most part, like they were very, very helpful. I'd say if we didn't have them, I don't think I would be where I am today in a sense. Okay, good. They're definitely, yeah, like they're definitely. Um, they taught us a lot, especially in my um, production management class, which is producing. Um, right. like, I learned so much. Um, and like, I'm not very technical. Uh, so when we mm-hmm. set up all the cameras and the lights and whatever, I would never have been able to figure out how to do that myself, obviously. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into that. But um, mm-hmm. they were definitely very helpful. And we learned how to like do green screen and all that too, which I could definitely use in like 
editing and whatever but um yeah i mean without them i don't think that we would be where we are today so yeah they, they were like a guide and, and a yeah away. and the reason them. <laughs> yeah the reason why i asked though is because and i pressed on that is because again like i've dealt with creatives or i've gone to networking events and there's always this division. There's like this blurred line. People don't know if they should go to film school and people don't know if they're going to make it without film school. And that's something that I've kind of questioned myself. And a lot of people, when they go to these film schools, they're, you know, they don't know if their work is going to be challenged to the point where they can't even express themselves fully. But you're yeah. saying with these professors or these teachers, they never restricted you? Um, so they did. Um, there are a lot of the projects they would have to have specific guidelines like to the T. So yeah. even exporting files had to be like, um for example h264 like they have to yeah, be exported yeah. at that or apple pro res 422 like something yeah, like that yeah. like literally just to the t um and and it was kind of hard to express yourself in a sense because there were so many boundaries with these films like for the documentary for example um it's a 10 minute doc but yeah. all that information that we have it could have lasted an hour there's just we had to cut out so much information from it because they restricted it to 10 minutes. And right. I feel like that's only because of the screenings. I have no idea really why. But yeah. when you screen them all, there's like 15 docs or something like that, maybe a little less. But obviously, you, you're going to be sitting there all night if they're 20 minutes long or 30 minutes long. So of course, yeah. they're in a sense, like, yes, it was restricted um, because now I feel like I was inspired to create another one. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas like now I can just elaborate on information rather than take away right. I, like, expand it and not and not feel like i'm being held back in a sense because yes like they were uh there were some restrictions on it and it kind of did suck which whatever <laughs> but yeah no but that but that's but that's why but this is what i mean right is and that's why I'm, I'm trying to get out of you like i'm trying to see if you're like an authentic creative person where yeah. it's like you really want to you know what i mean like tell your story the, the right way and a lot of yeah. people have that issue with that it's like you know, the, this, this concept where you have to follow a criteria, yeah. you know, I, I, I was never fortunate. I was never privileged enough to go to film school. Right. Like you, you said, you're very lucky to get in because it is very competitive and I'm sure you got it on your own merit. I'm sure it's not just luck, but at the same time, it's like, when you get in, you kind of say to yourself, but I have to follow what they want for, for three years in order yeah. to get that credit. And yeah. you know, they could be right. They could be wrong. But we all know as creatives, like Martin Scorsese said it best, film school only allows you the opportunity to make a film. It doesn't help you to become the, be the better filmmaker, like the best filmmaker, right? It's just kind of like it, it you know, uh, tune, fine tunes your skills, you know, gets you uh, to that place. But once you leave, right, it's kind of up to you now um, to, to make your stories be uh, told. And yeah, that's what I want to get in. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, um, no, but I was just going to say, like, for somebody who does want to um, learn more about film, like, 100%, go to go to film school. It's, it's so mm -hmm. fun. Like, I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie, it was the best three years ever, but um, it did, I can take away from that. Like, I can go on and say, I know how to do this now. I know what all this is about producing. I know how to edit that now. Like, now I know how to use Avid. Not That's that amazing. I'm ever going to use yeah. Avid, but... <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of Avid. What, is, that, is that an editing program? Yeah, so it's like industry oh. standard um, editing software that we. Oh, use. is it is it higher than Premiere Pro? Is that the yeah. the one that's that? Yeah, that's yeah. the top so one, right? The two, yeah. The two editing softwares that are kind of like industry standard are Avid and Final Cut. Um, mm. So that's what they use to uh, edit films. Basically, is Avid um, because you could do just like a whole bunch of stuff at the same time. Really, with right, it. right. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, there was a huge takeaway from from school. So literally, I guess my message to literally everybody who wants to do film is if you are thinking about going to film school, do it because 
you're gonna learn way more than you think you would like i yeah learned so much and i didn't even know there's things to learn (laughs) no and 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 that's what i'm saying is that like i i kind of uh admire in a way that you you were able to go to film school because i i tried myself uh even trying to get into a screenwriting program at york uh you know i'm not to the level i am now when i was what 17 18 when we're applying for those programs but uh, I, I know that if I went in there, it would have, uh, you know, allowed me to connect because I'm sure you made a lot of great contacts and friends yeah. and it would allow me to, you know, expand on my creativity. So that's something that's really cool that, that you got to experience. Yeah, for sure. Definitely don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And you, and you shouldn't regret it. That's when you know that it's something that you're truly passionate about. Right. Exactly. Uh, but now, but now I want to get to my next point uh, because before the podcast, you were kind of uh, a little bit frustrated, uh, which is normal, you know, trying to find work uh, during this crazy yeah. time. Everyone's feeling it uh, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what, what's what's kind of like your experience with that? Like, how are you uh, going forward uh, with so, like, finding work? Hopefully with my website, um, I kind of want to promote that in a sense so that I have, um, you know, clientele that can be like my little side job. Obviously, I want to do something every day I want to be able to work every day because I'm the type of person I cannot do nothing like I'm going crazy right now as is like I need to do something right so I want to work um I worked so um I mentioned to you before like I worked with my dad so my dad's a creative director um so I worked with him at cassette and um summer of 2019 (laughs) I keep forgetting that um but yeah so I worked there with him and then as an internship and then for school because we needed an internship um I was at Scott Brothers Entertainment so the Property Brothers for what three months I'd say um as an internship so I reached my maximum hours um and they couldn't keep me because of uh the pandemic so thanks to COVID I couldn't stay um because all my problems would literally have been solved if like I could stay but um usually you transition to like an office PA um but because of COVID they didn't obviously have an office and in-house production company so like I couldn't really um I couldn't really expand to that but um now I've just been applying to a bunch of different places and just you know fingers crossed that I hear back because I've I'm doing nothing right now. And so like, I've been trying to like, you know, obviously promote my website that I saw that I have um, the ability to um, expand my portfolio and obviously make some money on the side as well. Right. And then in in June, I'm actually doing, it's on my website. So I guess for anyone who wants to see it, um, I'm doing, there's upcoming project tab. Um, So one of them is a brand launch for one of my friends clothing lines. So we're doing that in June as well. So that's going to help me promote um, which is kind of the most important thing for me right now, um, because I do want to get my name out there. Um, and it's such a large industry. So, yeah. I mean, there's ways to do that. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, like I'm, I had an interview, I'm waiting to hear back. So, you nice. know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Of course. Yeah. Best of luck. So, yeah. Thank yeah, you. No, I, you're, you're doing, you're doing all the right things that, that I can think of. Right. Is I literally, know, the clo- yeah. <laughs> yeah. The clothing line. Uh, cause I, through my production company, I started a clothing nine two ninety four collection, and I'm doing. I was telling my friend on uh, a conversation the other night. I'm doing. I'm creating. I'm content for that, like promo videos, dance shoots, yeah. um, photo shoots, because I'm not. I'm trying to promote the clothing line, but it, in reality, I'm really promoting the brand. Exactly. And that's exactly what you're doing. Is you're helping your friend there, but at the same time, you're promoting your 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 brand, uh, Victoria Cesario, as uh, Cesario. Um, you know, like what you're capable of. Exactly. And I think that's so important. And, and if I can give you some advice, like, you know, don't stop there, you know, create a podcast uh, network. It's a great way to network with other filmmakers. 
yeah, um, exactly. you know, create a YouTube channel, kind of have that presence, but uh, it, it's a learning process and it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of creatives, yeah. you know, from my experience, I remember, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I was just like taking in everybody's uh, piece of advice, even on the internet, like you got to do this, you got to do that. And I didn't realize that they, you have to take with a grain of salt, like things happen over time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't get too overwhelmed. Like right now your focus is like you said, to find a job, to get busy and expand your portfolio as best as you can. And then you'll yeah. work on to the other outlets. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you though, because it's, uh, it's something that I've kind of contemplated with, um, with regards to like working, you know, whether it's for financial reasons or mental health reasons yeah. right, to get out of the house. Or both. You, yeah. Or both. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, do you, like what I'm getting at is would you work uh, in the film industry or would you, does it matter to you? Like you just want to work as long as you're working and then you can do your stuff on the side. I mean, I prefer, I feel like my, my days of bagging groceries is over. So (laughs) I would preferably really like to just get into the film industry, whether I'm like a PA or a project manager or whatever. Like I've literally applied as project manager as like, um, production manager, production coordinator, like I've applied for literally everything. So I'm, I'm open to doing everything. But like I said, I think my days in the grocery stores are over. Um, but on regardless the of the grocery stores, like even like an office coordinator, you know, like reception. Yeah, stuff. like and I, I asked that because I, I've dealt with a lot like filmmakers and I've t- uh, connected with them. Like there was a director in, the, in LA, for instance. And, you know, he's not, you know, Quentin Tarantino level, but he still works in the industry as like a location scout while yeah, doing film to keep him creative. Do you yeah. see yourself doing the same thing? I mean, yeah. Um, I'm not too picky, um, but in, like at the same time, I kind of do want to, I'm a very like a hands-on person. Like I like to be able to, yeah. like, you know, manage things. I'm also very, no, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, super yeah. organized too. And like, I'm, I just like really like to, I don't know, like, I always tell people like in my interviews too, when they ask you like, how organized are you? I'm like, you should see my desktop right now. I have like hard drives through everything. Like I just love to like, I do schedules. I like to do that. I like to like, I like to manage like anything that a producer would do or like a production manager would do. Like that's me. I like doing it. So I kind of want to like stick to that. Um, Like I said, I'm not, I'm not really picky. I mean, I'll do whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm not going to turn down a job offer. Yeah, of course. Right <laughs> yeah, I know. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's smart. That's smart of you. Yeah, no, I was just like I said, I was thinking down the road because you you mentioned a lot of great jobs, like opportunities, and, and I would want you to take those positions. I'm just thinking like, because you know how it is, right? Especially now with with film opportunities, if there's that those openings. Um, so I was just curious, like where your mind was at, like if you would take like any job or yeah. would you, are you leaning towards the film? uh industry right just to just to stay creative or just stay connected i think that was a that's a big thing because i've worked it's funny because i've actually worked in like warner brothers and entertainment one so it's the film industry but it's not like production like what you're doing what we're doing so i was connected but i wasn't you know what i mean because there's two different worlds there's the commerce and then there's the creative side exactly yeah um there's a facebook group i guess this is like for literally anybody who wants to be in film there's a facebook group called it's i think it's called i'm looking for a producer slash whatever whatever and it's literally a group where people will post saying i'm looking for um a set pa or i'm looking for somebody who can do craft or literally anything like they'll literally post little job postings they'll say how much you're gonna get paid when they need you for where it is and like i was told by a couple people from scott brothers actually to just literally just apply just say i'm available that day i can do it and then 
even then too, like you don't know who could be a big time producer that you're driving to a set or feeding one day. Like it could literally be yeah. the smallest thing. Right. So, um, I guess too, my advice for everybody else would be try that. If you're kind of stuck in the same position as me right now, try to do that as well. Cause you put your name out there, um, which I've yeah. kind of already done. Um, I've kind of already sort of somewhat did that <laughs> with, uh, apply to a couple places there, but yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Like through the face, through the Facebook yeah, group? Yeah, like you found Facebook some group. jobs? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying but, um, some of these jobs are not uh, always like professional studio jobs. They're, they're independent. No, like, yeah, you can literally be on set for two days feeding people and you'll get paid for it. At least your name's out there now. So you could say, Hey, like I, you know, bought food and I did craft for like this giant production company or whatever kind of shoot their work yeah. they were doing. Um, That's smart. but even just like the smallest little things, you know, you kind of just putting your name out there, which is the most important thing. Like film is all about connections, yeah. um, without connections, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. Right. So like yeah, 100%. the more you can do, whether you hate it or love it, like the more you can do the better. So, I mean, if, like I said, I guess everybody that's graduating with me, they're all, everybody's in the same position right now. I so. think, yeah, I think the, uh, to bring some sanity to people like that might get overwhelmed is just to tell yourself there's always room for improvement. Like you're never going to, you're never going to reach the end, the finish line, right? Like no matter, you know, how people say I did all that I could, there's always going to be something more that you could do. Exactly. Right? Um, it just matters. What matters is like, are you enjoy, do you enjoy doing it? And are you willing to put in more energy, right? More exactly. effort. Yeah. So uh, that's great. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, I think only time, uh, well, it's only a matter of time for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is a, cra it, it's a crazy year for everyone. Like I said, like I'm experiencing it firsthand and I can only imagine someone that's fresh out of graduation. They yeah. didn't have, um, they didn't have anything like the, the, you said, you mentioned it in internships, but they didn't help you guys get like lock, uh, insure a job after. They usually do. So okay. if, for example, if COVID wasn't a thing and we were actually able to go into the office, I would have ended up staying at Scott Brothers. So then my problem mm. would have been solved because I have a right. job, right? But um, because of COVID, a lot of things are restricted. Like I saw a bunch of people from my program are doing like um, equipment rentals. Like they're at like a bunch of like equipment rental studios so that they work there now full time. And that's where they would do their internship. Nice. So they ended up getting to stay or they'll do like costume places that rent out costumes, that kind of stuff. And they get to stay. But um, I guess it's just different for like every company, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Whether they want to keep film, it. Yeah, because film is considered essential. Uh, as funny yeah. as that sounds. Like to, uh, I was trying to explain it to people, but they can't understand why film is essential. Um, so it's an interesting that that company still, um, you know, let you go for whatever reason that they had. But yeah. um, like you said, it's, it's up to the, the business, right? Like how they manage it. Yeah, things. it's totally yeah. up to them. I'm like, I'm not... Um, I'm not upset by it or anything like that yeah. because I did like the three months that I was there the best, like it's on my resume now, which I'm like so happy about. Right. Cause mm -hmm. of you, course. Know, you see Scott Brothers entertainment. That's like crazy. Everybody knows it. So, I mean, like I, I was telling them um, because it also wasn't the paid internship. Right. So I told them initially I was like, and they told me that they're like, it's not paid. I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, I just want it for my resume right now. And in all honesty, like I'm, I'm not worried about the money. Um, and it would have been nice, obviously, to stay and to, you know, work with them closer. But I mean, I got to, not that I got to meet the brothers or anything. But, oh, <laughs> but no, I, got, I was just going to say, no. all, this, all this talk and you never even meet the brothers. No, I didn't meet the brothers, no. That's but, so um, funny. Yeah. yeah, I think they were in California shooting when I was. Um, oh, okay, okay. So I didn't, yeah, and then they're transitioning over to Calgary. So, like, I literally 
there was no possibility of me meeting them. But it's if like I doing, stayed, yeah. maybe. It's like <laughs> doing the, yeah, it's like being responsible for Drew House and you don't even get to meet Beaver, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, it was just a really good experience for me. And I'm, I'm so thankful that they, you know, they hired me, I guess, as an, as the. Yeah, no, for sure. And you made a very good point. Like, you know, it's on your resume now. You slap it on the resume. You, you can, uh, you use it and it it, it helps you, especially with your age and the fact that you graduated and you, and you have that on your resume. A lot of people have yet to get there. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, having, having said that now that you've graduated, right, you're, you're fresh out in the world, you're, you're want to learn. Um, you've been doing a lot though, uh, in the meantime, and you did a really cool project uh, that I saw, uh, from your, instagram page it's the one that caught my eye it's called holocaust a love story yeah it's kind of a juxtaposition there yeah. uh, but it's uh yeah it, it sounds very um very intriguing and uh i'm a you know i love world war ii i love that history um you know fa- fans of like you know schindler's list saving private ryan very powerful films uh, yeah. in that genre the pianist so yeah. i want to know like what was your role in making this particular film so I directed it. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. My favorite topic. I love to talk about this documentary. Yeah. Um, so I pitched it. So we started actually working on the pitch packages, um, I think in first year because it was, oh yeah, first year around April. So um, April, May. So around this time, um, we literally just had to do, I even have it. It's like literally outside in the hallway. Um, it's like a fat book like this of just like 30, 40 pages of, um, everything I had in mind for the film. So who I wanted to be um, interviewing, like where I wanted to shoot it, um, how I wanted it to look, like all this stuff. So that started in um, April of first year. Um, and then in September of second year, um, we pitched it to literally everybody. So there was like 100 people. I, sw- I think maybe a little less than a hundred people. Um, but that's a lot, (laughs) um, faculty, students, everything. Um, and we did like a PowerPoint slideshow about it. And, um, I guess we found out a couple days later, which ones got selected. And so mine happened to be one. And I think it's just honestly, because it's so interesting. Um, it started off with, um, and I, I had pitched it as, um, producer initially, um, but I'm so glad now I ended up going with director because my name's on it. I technically own the film. So yeah, Vancouver yeah. doesn't have the rights. Like they have, like I mentioned earlier too, um, they have, they own it now. So up until right. two years, Humber owns it. So it'll be two years this October and then I own it. So I can kind of distribute it the way I want. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so I'm kind of glad that, um, I have my name on it. Um, but yeah, so that's how, that's how I started it with, it just started with a pitch, started with an idea. Um, which I can go more in depth if you want the whole backstory. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I love to hear yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm more, I just wanted to mention, I, I didn't uh, know, like I had a feeling you directed it, but I wasn't sure because you kept saying you were a producer and editor, but yeah. I'm happy that you directed it because it seemed like, cause I see you being a director. That's why when you kept saying a producer, I was like, well, you sure you don't want to be a director because you seem so involved, um, yeah. but, that, but that's up to you, right? At the end of the day, you, you have to know because director like has to believe in the story, feel the story, kind of like with this story of the Holocaust. There's also a lot more to directing that we learn in school that yeah. I was like, no, I don't think I could do this. Maybe for a documentary, different story. Um, out, but of curiosity, like, what, what, out of curiosity, what, what did you learn about directing that? So you also have to do like blocking. It's called blocking or you have to do oh. like breakdowns. And I'm just like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I think I'm more of like, 
producing is like the more like business side of film so i feel like because i'm it like, is yeah. i like leading i like leading people yeah, uh, yeah yeah i guess the director could do that too but I it's feel a like different form of leading yeah exactly. director director's so, more more cre- you have to think on your creative. toes like all the time creatively all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah like i feel like uh producing is more my thing so i pitched it as producer but then my one of my bosses like say director say director and i'm like okay director like yeah <laughs> it's director. true yeah <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was really cool. But I can give you like the backstory. Yeah, uh, sure. So, so walk us through. Uh, yeah, walk. The floor is yours. Talk, talk, us, yeah. talk to us about this. Yeah. So back in high school, it starts in high school. Um, there was like I don't know, maybe like your school did this too. The the mm-hmm. trips to like Europe or whatever. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So as a joke to my parents, I was like, "Mom, can I go to Germany?" And she's like, "I mean, I guess." And so I was like, "Oh, okay." So I ended up going. We ended up going to Poland, Germany, Hungary, Czech Republic, and Slovakia. Oh, and nice. as soon as they mentioned going to Auschwitz, and so I have this huge obsession with history. I love learning about it. I've done so much research on the Holocaust itself, and then everything in between. Um, everything about Hitler, everything about what he did, like everything, right? And right. so when we actually went to Auschwitz, it was like this horrible feeling. It's just such a weird, it's so hard to describe. It's like such a, mis- it was such a miserable day too. Like it was raining and it was just so sad. Yeah, it went yeah. really late, right? Yeah. But then after that day, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like this is something that people need to know. Like a lot of people don't know about this. And like, especially like the younger generation, like they're not going to know, like my brothers are young. They're not going to ever know about this. Like, I think yeah. I was the last generation to meet a Holocaust survivor. Like I met one at, um, there's a Holocaust center, which is actually in the documentary that we shot. Um, we shot at the Nyberger center. Um, we, they do a lot of talks there. So a lot of the uh, Holocaust survivors will come there and they'll talk. And this is like, I think grade 10. So like in history class that I met them. And then grade 12 is when I went to Auschwitz and it's just like, we met a Holocaust survivor and I don't know if he's still alive, unfortunately, because I think he was in his eighties at the time. He could be. Um, I don't remember his name either though. <laughs> um, but after, when I came back from Europe, I was like, no, people need to know about this. And so that's why I was like documentary, like, this is what I want to do. I was like, I'm going to write about this. And then um, in the process of writing the whole pitch package, I reached out to um, the friends of Simon Wiesenthal center. And so they have, um all the holocaust survivors they have um everybody living in toronto um and so they were able to um give me her name is vera schiff so she i think is 94 or 93 right now um she was my initial um interview subject so she was um her story is incredible she was actually at a concentration camp um with her family she's the only one that survived out of her family members um, so her story is incredible. Um, we, I went, I met her, I went, uh, to her apartment. We had a little chat, um, obviously before COVID. Um, and then, um, I kind of gave her uh, the rundown, basically what's going to go, like, what's going to happen, like when we're going to shoot what we need from you. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And then she met with the crew and she's like, I can only give you guys two hours of my time out of three days that we had to shoot. And I was like, that's nothing. And then like, she wouldn't, um, she didn't feel comfortable with us going in her apartment to shoot some things. And like, she was just, she was, she wasn't as healthy. So it was kind of harder for her to do things. She called me one day and she's like, I can't do it because my doctor says it's not good for me. This is two days before we're going to camera. So she pulled out very last minute. And so I had, that's who I initially pitched, um, 
the idea about was yeah. her. Um, yeah. And so I even included like an interview clip and whatever. And I was like, okay, like this is a really good <laughs> She story. was She was your lead. She was attached to the project. She was attached yeah. to the project. So, um, and then I called, I ended up calling um, friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center again. And I said, um, Vera Bacto, I need somebody else. <laughs> and God. she's like, call Andy. Andy will definitely do it. So I gave Andy a call and he's like, of course I'll do it. I'll give you everything you need. And uh, yeah. And then like, since then he's been, I'm still in contact with him now because he's just incredible. He's such a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, He let us film in his apartment. He came wherever we went, like um, just so much content for us to use. And it was incredible. Yeah. Is this the older man? Is this the older man that I keep seeing? Like the, yeah, the, the, that's which, so yeah, well, well, so that sounds like a great story and I'm glad it turned out, um, you know, you were able to get someone and this is what I mean by you keep persisting and you believe in your story that much. You'll find a way uh, to make it happen exactly. and never giving up. Right. Yeah. So I was going to share the screen here. So if people are watching on YouTube. Uh, they can see it here. This is on her website. Um, and this is the man you were you're speaking of. Yeah, so that's Andy. So yeah. um, I think if you hover over it, it'll give you kind of a little rundown. But Andy was two years old um, when he was in the Holocaust. I guess he was in a ghetto. So it's not actually a concentration camp. Um, okay. but it's more so, I mean, it's a ghetto. So you kind of like, he was crammed in there with like a bunch of other people. Um, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the greatest of conditions i know he was explaining um and it's all in the doc so like for every for anybody who's interested he explains a lot of it um very upsetting backstory um like he was super young when this happened um he remembers it which is you know really you know sad um he did share the story with his his mom so um she passed away um but it was their story so whenever she would tell he kind of just uh, carried it on you know, pass it on um this photo that you guys are looking at right now with the jumpsuit um that's actually at the nyberger center like i mentioned it's in toronto so if anybody's interested i don't uh, they're probably not open right now but if they are um i would definitely suggest going to check it out um you'll see in the dock too there's a lot of shots from in there it's a beautiful um display that they have and it's like you know that's a real jumpsuit um when i went to auschwitz as well they had a bunch of those and i don't know if maybe anybody else has been but they have um like shoes they have hairbrushes they have like prosthetic limbs that are there too like it's it's incredible like it's so upsetting too when you go but i mean yeah from what uh the museum had such a grim reality too like you know i've never experienced that but but to think like you said that this it existed it exists. Like people, yeah. people, we see it in movies when people talk about it and it's horrible. Grandparents yeah. will discuss it. Right. But to actually see it and witness, like in your case, yeah. a building that was designed to systematically kill people. Essentially, like that, yeah, is, that is, that is, that, that is like the, the peak of evil. Yeah, you know? it is. It really is. And we, um, I have a GoPro footage of me actually, uh, in one of the gas chambers that's still standing. Oh my God. Wow. And it's, and you see the ovens and I have pictures of those too. And it's the worst feeling like, yeah just like i don't even know how to describe i feel like you just have to go there to experience it yourself for sure understand but uh my one of my my directing professor her parents were both uh, holocaust survivors as well so this one definitely um triggered some emotion for her as well but she loved it 
Um, this photo here, so essentially what the, uh, the doc is, is it's Andy explaining how love got him through that. So the love of life, the love of family, love of freedom type of thing. And so um, this is what that, that image there uh, kind of portrays is that him and his wife, Judy, um, that's the love right there for, for them. And that ring that's on his finger, um, he talks more about it in the documentary, but that is um, his mother's uh, wedding ring. And she hid that in his diaper uh, when they were all being um, forced out of their homes so that, mm. you know, obviously nobody would take it. Yeah. So that uh, used to have a nice jewel on it. Um, yeah. So oh, right here in the, in the, that circular yeah, area. Yeah. Oh, okay. so that, uh, that's his mother's wedding ring that obviously his dad gave to her. Did it go missing? A jewel? Uh, no, I don't know actually about the jewel. I never asked him that. Yeah. It looks empty. No, it looks empty. Like <laughs> it looks empty, right? It's I supposed to be. Did. Yeah. It's something. It's an interesting ring. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something supposed to be in there. Um, yeah, I don't know where that yeah, went. Yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> part never, two of the documentary. He never said where that went. Jewel. That's, uh, the ring of love, he calls that. Yeah. He's had that with him forever. Um, that's just a random shot of, uh, I think that's Gary, uh, my camera op. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, it, it is. Gary. Yeah, there it is. Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what camera is this, by the way? Is this a red? Uh, that's a C200. C200. Canon. Yeah, it's a great Canon, camera. Okay. Yeah, um, no, beautiful. Yeah. Up, uh, yeah, we ended up using, uh, oh my God, what is it? C700 um, in third year. And it's that camera's like $45,000. So that's why we didn't use it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm still starting off. So I have my a7 III and I love it to death, but yeah. I know that there's always better things, like with anything, right? You, you better things to invest in. But yeah. once you get to that level, then you can consider it. Uh, because yeah, that, and I think that's the advantage of going to film school, right? You have access to this. You equipment. have access to everything. It's amazing. I just that's wish amazing. they let us yeah. like rent it out. Um, of course. Just, like, after hours and when we graduate, but no, it's only for the, the students. <laughs> that's great. I, I do want to mention though, because we're on topic of cameras. Yeah. Do you have one uh, that you're using now? I don't. Like, I literally oh no. Okay. A DSLR. Like it, I wish. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, how, yeah, I, yeah. 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 I wish. But um, I think I just stick to editing. That's why I don't have like my own camera. So it's like, whatever, if you guys like shoot it, like I can shoot it, but I have like a DSLR. Right. Like, so what you're saying is, so what you're saying with your friend there, like the, the for example, the clothing line, you're, yeah, you're responsible just for editing. Well, no. So we're going to use the cameras that we have. Oh, okay, um, cool. I know some of the other guys that are on the crew have, uh, cause we have like a small crew going on. So nice. some of them have uh, DSLRs as well. So we're just kind of, we're going to use that. We have like our own lighting equipment and then the studio that we rented out um, or that we booked has like uh, other lighting equipment and like backdrops that we can use. So like, yeah, it's, yeah. like literally the only thing we have is like that. You just got to get creative with it. That's it. Yeah, That's exactly. The best. Yeah. Well, bad. Yeah. As long as I, you know, put my editing skills to it. <laughs> you just got to, you just got to like, if I could just give you again, a piece of advice is, or what I've learned is put stuff out there. Like people don't yeah, really care as much as you think. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, this is La Chute. And that's yeah, so that we shot at um that's me. Um and, and the yeah. Selena. <laughs> um we shot that's at the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center. Um we did do interview uh interviews with um the girls that were helping me there. Um we didn't end up putting them in because the doc got too long. And so we had to we had to shorten it. So we had to take their segments out. But they just kind of talked about um their work experience there and like what they do and like how they help the uh the Holocaust survivors and yeah so it's actually their jobs are pretty interesting um considering they've met literally all like the survivors right like it's such an, an honor to meet them like of they've course, gone through course. so much and like just knowing all their stories like I'm so thankful that I met Andy and um Vera and as well as the the, the other man that I mentioned earlier I don't remember his name 
Um, but their stories are incredible. Like I remember like reading Vera's book and I was like sobbing the whole time because it's so sad. Like everything that she was talking about and then how she was liberated and like, of course it was insane yeah i can and go you spend on that time with them yeah you spend that time with them and you, you appreciate their story yeah, and yeah um was it was uh andy's like memories very vivid like did he have exactly like what are, i think yeah? so <laughs> yeah, i know no, no because i don't know sorry what was the age that he was he was two uh, in the so he's what he seven seven seventy five remember he, re- he remembers though like he remembers like, yeah a little wow yeah, yeah and that's wanna, that's when you know it's a traumatizing event yeah, like I don't want to give yeah. spoilers or anything, so I'm not. No, gonna no, no, yeah, yeah. Spoilers, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, there's some things that he explains that are literally traumatizing. Like, I don't know how anybody. I wouldn't even know, like my own, like myself. I wouldn't know how to put myself in that situation. He was explaining. This isn't in the doc, so I can say this. Um, he was explaining when they were liberated. Um, I think his mom had asked a soldier, a Russian soldier, for bread, and he hadn't eaten in forever. So this p- little tiny piece of bread was like amazing for him just yeah. it's like this tiny little bun that he was given and uh the way like he expressed you can just tell he got really emotional during the entire thing and like i was trying to suck back tears too because i was i was the one interviewing him so at the document at the beginning of the doc you can hear me talking um and like that's like whenever i was asking him questions i was trying to like not cry <laughs> because yeah. he was yeah. really sad like everything he was explaining but um he's gone on to actually promote the doc for me as well because he does um a bunch of talks as well uh with like like students and like young jewish people and see we're not jewish either none of us on the crew were jewish and so he was even more like thankful for that because he's like even non-jewish people are trying to promote the holocaust not promoted but like awareness raise awareness for it because like i mentioned earlier not a lot of people know about it like my siblings don't know what what it is they saw yeah. the doctor like what is that like my sister doesn't know She's that's like, crazy yeah, like, yeah you're a little too young to know um but you know one day <laughs> yeah one day in school they'll teach you yeah that that's a crazy experience and you know i i can for sure understand why he you know, looked at that piece of bread, like it was, you know, a, a piece of gold, like the best thing ever, Literally, because yeah. we live in such a world where we don't realize, and the, the pandemic has proven, especially our generations, that we, we've been given everything, you know, we've yeah. been spoiled. And, yeah. you know, that's why nothing really excites us anymore. And why a lot of us come across not grateful. Uh, yeah. But this pandemic has proven us, you know, otherwise. Right? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But yeah, it was definitely um, very life-changing experience (laughs) everything about it um and I had the best crew like everybody did such a good job so shout out to everybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah shout out to everyone that worked on this film I don't know everyone's name but uh yeah Yeah. this is this is quality stuff and and I was telling you before the podcast you know just on first impressions and not to you know crap on any uh, people in school but you know usually you know with a student film you don't really see that professionalism, but it, it's no, amazing what you guys pulled off. I think it was, yeah, it was the talent is there. That's what I, I don't to, treat it. I don't treat it as a student film anymore. Right. Um, when I even, so as you can see on the screen, um, it was selected for the Lake Shorts International Film Festival. Um, and then recently I had deep folk, uh, I think it's deep film. Fo- oh my God. Hold on. What is it? Deep focus film festival. I think that's what it is. They sent me. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you followed them actually. Cause I ended up following them and I, I saw that you, you followed them. I oh, think. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I think you do. So they ended up reaching out to me, which I made a post about, and they said they really liked it and they want to put it on their website or something like that. So I had to apply for it, which is still, it's nice. still in the uh, consideration. Um, I guess. Like pending? 
like what is this film pending like it's yeah, uh yeah. in consideration yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Nice, and they give me like a little discount too which is good but yeah no so yeah, um yeah. It, it made it to uh the film festivals which i'm super proud of and so when i go to apply for these film festivals i don't click student film i click short doc good good it doesn't and, uh, have- that, that's that's very important you see you're saying you're saying some cool stuff because uh <laughs> when i was no, yeah when i was applying to, to film freeway when i first started years ago um you know my films you know i guess they were they were amateurish in a way where it's like yeah, i could get away with the whole student film but as i progress in the in my career you know it, i don't want to always be submitting to the student film section because i was always thinking like oh maybe i need to submit to student film to have a better chance to get in and yeah. then you think to yourself yeah but if you do get in what are you going to say oh i got best student film it's like no people want to see you got best short film yeah exactly uh, and, that, and I see it right here, Lake Shorts International Short Film Festival. It's an official selection. And that's not a student uh, qualification. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. uh, it's just nice. I, we applied for it. Um, actually, my producer did. So it could be, nice. it might be a student. I would have said student, I think. Uh, that's actually taking place in September. So I invited Andy. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> if uh, Andy, yeah. Andy's going to show up. He came to good, the good. screening. Uh, we had a screening for the docs back in... I mean, last year, and then the uh, thing caught fire, so it got canceled. The yeah. uh, popcorn machine caught fire, so it got canceled. Oh wow! Um, yeah, how great! We didn't oh, actually. Great. Yeah, that's that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, maybe if anybody wants to come, I was like, like "What caught fire? Theater. The theater?" And then you're like, "No, the popcorn machine." The like, popcorn oh, machine. So everybody has to evacuate. <laughs> yeah, it's like why? <laughs> we didn't even get to watch it, so he came all the way from his house to, to downtown. Toronto. Are you kidding? So he was just playing, and then all of a sudden, the popcorn machine just ablaze we got through like one documentary <laughs> and uh he like came with his family we couldn't even that watch sucks. it i felt so yeah, bad yeah. oh my like, you know what i'll just send you a copy screen it oh at home God, poor guy. yeah that, i know yeah. So it's bad. not your fault but that is a bit awkward i could see definitely you being frustrated for sure so awkward yeah yeah and then he just put it out and like continue they had to just shut it down and say we'll see you guys oh my god yeah I'll, i have a i have a snapchat memory of it actually <laughs> all the fire trucks coming in that's jokes <laughs> well so yeah um i do want to mention before i forget uh yeah. the i wanted to just show you so again if you guys are watching on youtube uh we're just going to play just a few minutes a few seconds of the video here yes yeah, right there Hopefully holocaust a love story and this is andy the one and only the one and only yeah so there's no sound here but you'll get uh the visuals still super proud (laughs) yeah i know for sure (laughs) he had a personality that was good you know what i mean like he had that like he was tongue-in-cheek He was, he's such an amazing guy. I even, yeah, like I said, I still uh, keep in touch with him now because I just want to, obviously, especially now, like I want to make sure he's okay, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because you see a, see a man like this, you know, he's so optimistic and he went, he had to go through this. Yeah, exactly. And he's going through a global pandemic right now. And now he's going through a global pandemic. <laughs> and, and what's strange is that, um, like I was like, I have grandparents that are 94, 95, probably very similar age right, range of uh, Andy. And they are the opposite of how seniors are handling it. They're like dismissive about it. Um, <laughs> like they, they, they don't care. Like they're like, you know, don't worry about it. And some people obviously won't understand, yeah. but I understand because, you know, you experience, you, you see this, right. They never experienced the Holocaust, but they experienced world war two, their whole exactly, cities yeah. were leveled. 
Yeah. And you put the, like, if you experienced a war like that, or this, the, the situation like the Holocaust, a pandemic is nothing. <laughs> like I know. a virus <laughs> that kills 1%. Like they're, they're literally probably saying, this is what I mean by we become soft is they just don't understand, uh, you know, why everyone's freaking out uh, yeah. the way they are. Right. Obviously like, you know, I'm not taking away uh, how it's affected everybody, but I can understand though why like people in their nineties, the ones that are like really tough um, at heart won't, won't be bothered by, by a virus. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But that's that's really cool. Yeah, I just wanted to show a few clips of the the, yeah. the footage, the archival footage. Like, where was this provided by him or? Yeah. So all the photos that you see animated, um, those are all his. Um, anything within the so so the first half of it is all like the history, the backstory about you know like, um, his life before and then his life during the Holocaust, and then the whole second segment of the doc is basically his life now. Um, mm-hmm. But the first half, like all the videos, like the archival footage that you see, we had to purchase all of that. Um, so it's not it's not his specifically, obviously, because like I said, he was two. Um, but the photos are his, just the videos are not. Um, so those ones we had to like find online and like purchase them and then add them to the film uh, where it nice. fits. Yeah. And I wanted to get into your accomplishments here. This is on your website. So yeah, uh, yeah, some cool stuff. You got the selections. Um, yeah. What's the Safe Sets COVID nineteen those certificate? So that's uh, that's something new that everybody kind of has to do um, for the COVID. It's just, I mean, I'm pretty sure Safe Sets is one. Hopefully, I'm not mistaken. That's something you have to do regardless. Um, It's just being safe, literally on set. But I think (laughs) now because of COVID, they added that as like a, I guess like a category, if you if you will. No, no, for sure. Yeah, no, it's good to have, right? Because you don't know when this thing's gonna end. So yeah, and that's like another thing too is. back to what we were talking about with my professors if like that's something that they um wanted us to do because it will help us in the future um so if if you know if they didn't say it, i would not have known what it is so especially like the making accessible one as well uh the yeah, women's I, like self-explanatory the women's yeah the women yeah that's <laughs> bagging bagging groceries they they give you that yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly that's so funny yeah um but yeah it's uh the reason why I ask is I never heard of that with that safe sets. I just know we have to follow protocol whenever we do a film set, but yeah, the yeah. certificate. Yeah. would w- w- make sense. Yeah, um, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of exciting stuff. Um, you know, uh, I think it's just a matter of keeping at it, yeah, um, exactly. staying positive. Right. And yep. you know, staying creative as much as you can through your projects. I like the idea that you're collaborating with like friends, uh, like that yeah. brand, the clothing line is so cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, because it's important, right? It's that gener- the generation, like the 18 to 34, everyone's on Instagram. So if you can just get as much content out and then you're doing these other ones. So what's Dying With Dignity, PSA? So Dying With Dignity is a, a public service announcement that we shot back in October. Um, so I produced that one. Um, it literally says right there, it's like, it focuses on the importance of making um, end of life decisions, essentially. So um, Dying With Dignity Canada is an actual organization um, Mm -hmm. and they literally assist with um, assisted suicide um, and, you know, like literally promote how it's important to make those end of life decisions. So that's something that I just produced. Um, I was added on as a producer, like super late. Um, So I didn't have any part in writing it or anything like that, but that's something that we shot in October. It's literally still um, in the post-production phase. Um, and it's been super hard to finish projects now because of the pandemic. We, nobody can get to the school to edit and mix and all that. I think they're mixing it right now, actually. Um, 
and oh, then they I, needed the equipment. You're saying it's not something they could do at home. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's why it's kind of taking a little bit longer than expected. Um, and I have all of like the actors literally emailing me every time, like, when's it going to be ready? When's it going to be ready? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. hopefully soon. Um, and then we need to talk is um, just something that I did uh, the production design for. It's just a short film. Um, and it's about, I mean, it says right there as well, but it's, um, it's about a 12 year old. Um, two 12 year old best friends and then um it just focuses on like you know um teen suicide so a sense uh, essentially <clears throat> what we did as well for like the social media um because i'm also a social media marketer for that um is not only promoting the film but also um if there is you know like if there is someone struggling with um mental health um we also want to promote um like the kids help phone so say that there are resources for you in case you need it so that's kind of what um i think that's what they added at the end of the film as well if i'm not mistaken um it's just saying you know if you need help like reach out there's options for you um so that's just something i added to the upcoming projects because i was production designer for it um so all the um the i guess set dressing that you see is is me um on that one but yeah that's cool. Yeah, that that's an important subject matter. Uh, that's something I talk yeah. talk about a lot on the podcast, and it comes up because you know a lot of people I talk to are are around our age. So that's you know mental health. It's a big thing uh, with this pandemic, and that was actually a topic of my last short film that I did. So yeah. it's it's an important subject that you guys are exploring. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely yeah. uh, it was a sad script. I'm not gonna lie. When I read it, I was like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my. yeah, it's uh, and that's and I notice a pattern with your work. It's you don't you don't do like you know romantic comedies or you know quirky kind of films they're they're really dark um unfortunately it comes across gritty. yeah you know i'm saying i don't know yeah i don't know if it's maybe maybe it's coincidental but it definitely um, coincidental because yeah, i didn't that, actually plan that but maybe that's what that's that, those are the best films right like because they, they challenge you uh to explore like the human like, condition right and yeah you, and there's deeper meaning to them as well if you look further into it right yeah, you're able to have range, just like an actor, you're able to have range, right? So if you do comedy, you'll be able to know how to do that and then vice versa. And yeah, yeah it's very cool. What's his, I just out of curiosity because I was trying to pronounce it, but I've not given it a shot. How do you it's pronounce not, his brand? So it's CX Sumisura. So C oh. is my friend's uh, initial, first name. Um, okay. And then the X would be like collab, like cross with. Oh, right, right. Sumisura, I believe, means, um, I think it means clothing i think is what she explained it i don't remember cool. something like that um and then it's just like the brand launch obviously okay um, cool yeah that's how yeah. you it, sue me Sarah. yeah that's amazing um yeah it's a streetwear brand yeah nice yeah. cool yeah. all right yeah so um a lot of great stuff that uh thank you, thank you for sharing <laughs> and uh you know your journey just has begun and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to say like, uh, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Uh, I plan to have you back, you know, document yeah, your course. journey, keep us updated on all the stuff that's going on. Maybe one day we'll, we can collaborate on a project. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So thank you again, Victoria. Thank, thank you, you again, everybody me. for listening. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Cool. Thank you so much. <laughs>